Hey you guys, happy Throwback Thursday. Throwback Thursday is our weekly segment where I'll talk about books from my childhood or the classics or some kind of books that give us some kind of connection into the past. Today I'm going to start out Throwback Thursday with talking about Number the Stars by Lois Lowry. This book kind of popped into my head as something that would be fun to talk about after going into Riley's Book Club this morning. So Riley's Book Club is our online book club that we run through the page turner. Um, and right now we're reading In the Time of the Butterflies by Julia Alvarez. That book centers on um, a few sisters that are part of an underground resistance movement that's um, hoping to get rid of President Rafael Trujillo, who was a dictator in the Dominican Republic around 1940 to 1960 or so. Um, and one of the comments in there was that this would be um, a good book to discuss alongside books like The Diary of Anne Frank or Salt to the Sea or other books that would help younger readers understand what kinds of conflicts there were because none of these issues are completely black and white. Um, Rafael Trujillo was a terrible person, I would say, but he still did a lot of good things for his country. Um, he brought in a really good public infrastructure. There is a lot of expansions to public education under his regime. So there were some good and some bad aspects. And that's something that I think gets missed in a lot of history classes. So it's really cool when we can find um, fiction or nonfiction books that can draw your attention and tell you about how these types of things influenced real people and what kinds of effects those people experienced. So Number of the Stars is a book that's geared, I would say, towards late elementary school, maybe early middle school, um, kind of that 8 to 12-year-old reader range. Our main character is 10-year-old Anne-Marie Johansson, um, and she has a best friend who's Jewish. They live in Denmark. The book takes place in 1943, which is around the time where uh, Germany had already invaded Denmark, Denmark had surrendered, but there really wasn't anything too terrible happening in the country yet. Um, so this book kind of takes place while these changes are happening. We get Anne-Marie's point of view for most of the story, um, which is really what makes this book so relatable to kids. I think I read this book when I was around fourth grade, and it was kind of my first taste of understanding what the Holocaust was and why it was so devastating um, when it happened. So I really think that this book is, I would say it's a must read for anybody in that age range, and if you haven't had a chance to read it, even as an adult, I read it again um, a f about a year ago, and it was just as good then. It's a quick read. Um, if you're a grown-up, you can probably read it in an hour or so. It's about 125 pages, maybe, um, and it's short chapters, really easy language, so it's perfect for that age range. Talking about this book today, I probably am going to give some spoilers. I'm going to do my best to not give away any of the 
major spoilers in the book. Um, I'm not going to tell you how it ends or anything like that, but there are some plot details that would be a surprise um, if you haven't read this book yet. So if you want to go into this book with a completely blank mind, no idea what's going to happen, stop listening now. I'll save this as an episode so you can come back some other time and listen to it. Otherwise, I'm going to carry on with talking about um, why I think this is such a good book and what kinds of things um, really stood out to me when I read this book. Things I liked about this book was that Lois Lowry made sure to include at least one German soldier who wasn't all bad. Um, I think a lot of times kids go into things thinking everybody is either really good or really bad, and there's not a lot of in-between, especially when they're reading about characters in books. Um, a lot of kids' books don't have much for gray areas, and this book doesn't have a lot of gray area either, but, um, you know, at one point, one of the Nazi soldiers is talking to Anne-Marie, and he points out that he has a daughter around her age, um, and he treats her pretty kindly, and she's almost a little bit surprised by that in the book, and you kind of get to see Anne-Marie realize that the German soldiers are people too, and um, that was kind of a really nice addition to the story from Lois Lowry. Another thing about this book that is definitely a nice addition to give kids a better look at what was happening in Europe at the time was um, that Anne-Marie's family has several different people who are part of the underground resistance movement. And it's even more interesting to know that because Anne-Marie doesn't even realize it for quite a while. In fact, some of the family members didn't even know that some of the other family members were part of the resistance. Um, you know, sometimes you kind of think about people in the resistance all getting together and huddling into a big conference room and talking, but that's really not how things were done during World War II um, because it was so dangerous. So for Anne-Marie's sister um, to be part of the resistance and have Anne-Marie's parents not even know that she was attending any of the meetings or doing anything to further the cause was really interesting to me. I think it helps kids get a better idea of just how dangerous this was. Um, one of the characters, again, I'm trying not to post any major spoilers, but one of the characters dies while doing things for the resistance. Another one gets injured. Um, and eventually by the end, Anne-Marie finds herself getting roped into taking part in helping the resistance when she needs to deliver something to her uncle. Um, and I think just the whole way through, it kind of starts out with Anne-Marie not really knowing anything. And then Anne-Marie gets what I would call a child-appropriate amount of information about the resistance. I mean, Anne-Marie's pretty immature, or she's pretty mature for her age, but even so, you can't really expect a 10-year-old to fully understand such a complicated situation. And I think this book did a really good job at slowly, slowly introducing the reader to um, all these pieces of information about the underground resistance and about 
um, the politics that were happening at this time without getting too much information at once and without it being too heavy of a topic. And in addition to those kind of darker, more heavy themes of the German occupation of Denmark and um, the underground resistance movement who was fighting against that, you also get a nice peek at what everyday life would have been like for a 10-year-old living in a uh, German-occupied country at this time. At one point, Anne-Marie is traveling on the train with her family and her friend Ellen, and they get stopped and asked what would be in normal circumstances, pretty innocuous questions. Um, where are you going? Why are you traveling there? Things like that. But they're actually pretty dangerous, and Anne-Marie's um, kind of thoughts about those questions, she knows that they're dangerous, she knows that there's definitely a wrong answer, but she doesn't quite know what would happen if they did answer the questions wrong. So it's kind of a nice child perspective of that issue. You also hear about things like the rationing that they're experiencing. Um, Anne-Marie's family has to have a coal stove installed because otherwise they don't have enough electricity to cook a meal. Um, and they have to huddle for blankets because they can't be turning on a heater because of the rationing. Um, Anne-Marie has a younger sister who all she really wants is cake, but it's been a couple of years since they've had enough sugar to make a cake. Uh, all kinds of little things like that I think would really stand out to a kid who's reading this book for the first time and thinking, wow, this family doesn't have sugar. I can't imagine what it would be like if my mom couldn't go to the store and pick up sugar for me or if I had to spend my birthday without having a cake. I mean, those are just really... Um, neat details that help a kid put into perspective what life would have been like if they were living in a German-occupied country during this time. Um, and it's just little things like uh, Anne-Marie's younger sister, Christy, needed a new pair of shoes, but leather isn't really available to anyone, so they have to buy shoes that Christy thinks are really ugly, and then Ellen's father uses shoe polish to make them black and makes them look nicer. Um, and I think stuff like that is just really exciting for a kid to be able to understand more of what was happening at the time. I believe I mentioned earlier that um, this was kind of my first uh, foray into the world of World War II when I read this in school. Um, and I think it's a really important step for kids to get. Um, a lot of times when talking about things like the Holocaust or World War II in general in school, they focus on the really big atrocities that were happening. You hear about concentration camps and you hear about um, work camps and how people would just go missing. And this book alludes to that a little bit, but it's um, it doesn't go quite into the heavy stuff. It starts with little things that a kid would notice um, and not necessarily things that the adults would even think are that important. Things like um, 
how Anne-Marie wanted to go to the button shop on the corner, but the owners had a sign on the door that said that they weren't going to be able to be open anymore. Um, and it's just the little things like that that really impact a kid more than hearing that someone in a different town disappeared or something like that. Um, you know, kids don't really have that wide of a range of perspective yet. So it's hard for them to imagine things that are so big. It's hard to imagine a huge group of people, especially if it's not a group of people that you're familiar with. Um, so just hearing little things like the neighbors went missing or uh, one of your favorite stores isn't going to be open anymore and it's solely because the owners of that store were Jewish, I think are much more striking to a kid and they will probably draw in a kid's interest more than facts and figures and huge numbers. A kid can't really even imagine how big six million is yet when they're in fourth grade. You know, a thousand seems like a lot. So a number like six million is almost incomprehensible to them. Um, so this is definitely a book I would recommend if you know anyone that age and they aren't reading it in school. It would be a good gift. Um, it's, again, kind of a heavy topic, but it's introduced in a really kid-appropriate way, and I'm really glad that Lois Lowry wrote this book. Um, it's one of the books that I was forced to read in school, loved, uh, bought it as an adult so that I could have it to read again, um, and it's really stuck with me for 15 years, so definitely one to check out. So um, that's all I have for you today. Come back tomorrow to hear my weekly wrap-up, hear what I've been reading. It won't be as exciting as last week. I haven't had as much reading time, but tune in tomorrow to find out what I read.